Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He's unpredictable. He's relentless. He's fearless. He's smart. He's a jerk. Oh, man, what a jerk. How would you describe Kirk Minahan? Combustible. Unpredictable. Venomous. Obnoxious. Selfish. Polarizing. Enough about me. Let's get to the show. It's Kirk Minahan's Enough About Me. So I read your story on Monday or Tuesday that the all guns should be gone. And oh, yeah. The, we live in the magical world and we'll all dance around and yep. the gun-free world. I was definitely talking about dancing. Yep. And, and I do wonder sometimes when I read your stuff, when I talk to you, is a part of you that just says, because there's a part of me that when I do the show every day that I don't want to really talk about sports that much. Oh, hell yeah. There's a part of you that says, you know, why don't I just become a political columnist or why don't I just become an op-ed guy and just do, you know, shit like that and not write about... You know, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, do you care as much about Eduardo Rodriguez as you do about the gun issue? Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, first of all, no, I, I don't want to leave sports writing to become an op-ed writer. Yeah. I like to sort of, sort of like you guys do on your show, dip my toes every once in a while. Right. Because <laughs> writing the same stuff, like 15, I covered my first Red Sox game in 96. So Where it's 20 that? years. I was at the Middlesex News. It wasn't even the Metro West Daily News. Yet. Right. It was the Middlesex okay. News. Go ahead. And uh, I saw the White Sox pound Tom Gordon. I think that was my first game. But anyway, so in 20 years, you cover this stuff. And for the first, like, even 10 years, every once in a while you write a story. And it's like, oh, this is amazing. Like, the first time you write about Red Sox-Yankees, like, oh, this is the best. The first time you write about Pedro striking out 17, this is amazing. Then the more you do it. It becomes harder and harder to find those well, I mean, kinds of stories. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you, absolutely. You, you, enjoy covering, uh, you don't cover the uh, you don't cover the Red Sox necessarily. I kind of do, but yeah, I mean, I'm sort of job? in the I middle. Don't know what your job? What is your title here? I think it's columnist. Columnist. But, so, but you're not. But you're sort of on the beat for the Red Sox. Not really. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm half on the beat with Bradford. I think it's. I got to be honest. I've done it like eight times in my life. Covering the Red Sox day in day out to me sounds like the most boring fucking assignment ever given to me. I actually like ever. it. I like you it. Stand there in the. In the clubhouse, like an asshole, really. But until Depends players, on who you are. Well, I did. Yeah. You just kind of stand there and you, and you watch the players watch TV for a while. Yeah. Then you talk to them. Generally, they suck in terms of quotes. Then you have to go and watch a four-hour game. Then go and do the same fucking thing again after the game. Yeah. And then write about a game that has the shelf life of a fart. Yes. You might be oversimplifying it just a little bit okay, in terms but, of going in there. But, yeah, but I mean, there's an element to that. There's an element to that. Yeah. And so my long-winded way of, of answering your first question was to say... Be, you know, there's not a lot not left not that left. I haven't seen right. as far as covering baseball goes, and that's why I like to dip my toes into the Tom Brady, Donald Trump stuff, to the well, gun stuff. You get a reaction, which you like. Yeah, the reaction is great. Get a it's reaction from you guys. That job. helps. You right. know, that's absolutely your job. Yeah. So, but so you yeah, get, you're not going to get that reaction. Generally, almost never writing about the Red Sox. No, Just so basic th- core. Sporty stuff. Yeah, I mean, unless you're doing beer in the clubhouse or something right, like that. Right, but that's not even that, right? Yeah. That's, that's more of so a... There, you know, so, th- so there's the, the one side that likes to get the reaction to whatever we were just talking about, the political yeah. stuff. On the other side, I still actually do take satisfaction in a well-written story, yeah. you know? So there is the personal satisfaction in that, even though 
the way our business has changed and the, you know, the clicktocracy, I'm going to steal that line from Chris Gasper, but it's okay. a good one. We, yeah. we just, if I can mention his name here, that's, so that's totally okay. No, there yeah. are no rules here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the idea, like, we're measured by clicks now, which changes what gets of, read. Like Gasper, but that's sort of a snobby, globish asshole thing to say. A little bit. It is a little bit, but little it's bit. also, tr- it's reality now. But, but, reality but, but, but is... It makes it sound like it's a bad thing. I'm not always sure it is, either. I um, mean, you, wrote, you wrote that, you wrote that gun thing for clicks. Yes. Yeah, so I'm so I'm serving two masters. So this is what I'm saying. I serve two masters. I serve the click side, which I have to be aware of and cognizant of. And then on the other side, there's the well, I'm going to write this for me, like something I like. Like I wrote a a feature on other guys in the bullpen talking about what it's like to play catch with Craig Kimbrell. Right. That is not going to get a ton of clicks, but I liked it. You didn't read it. You missed it. It was a good story. It it might have been on a weekend, so it kind of got lost. But. Regardless, is there a point you can even, do both. Is there even a point anymore if you're a, if you're a writer for a website? Uh, I used to be one. Yeah, where you even write a story for the weekend is there is is that even? There's kind of no point. Like I've I wrote I wrote what I thought was a good column on Muhammad Ali. Uh, was, after, I read that. It was a good yeah, column. It was about people of our generation and never really quite being able to wrap our heads around all the lip service paid to how he was the greatest because right. all we saw was this shuffling shell of and a guy of a man. Saturday. And I posted and it, it Saturday, and it died, and no yeah. one saw it. And I was right. kind of like, why did I even bother? You've been doing this now for like a year and a half? Yeah. January it, 1st, I started, basically. Do you, do you like it more or less than writing for a traditional daily newspaper? More. Definitely more. Because okay. I would never be writing the gun thing. I would never be writing half the things I write here. I would be pigeonholed as a Red Sox guy, which was fine. I mean, I enjoyed doing that at the Herald for years, but that's all I would be doing. So let's just say, so let's just say, let's play the scenario. We were at the Herald. Uh, or Hank was your last sports editor, right? Hank or Yeah. Well, Sh- Sean Leahy he came there, in for my last like, three months. Long, right? Yeah. So let's say you were super passionate about this story, the yep. gun story, and yep. you said to these guys, listen, I want to write this thing. Yep. They would say no? No. They probably would say yes, and then I would have burned that card for the rest of the year. Oh, you get one to play. Yeah, you get like one of those. Right. You know, I think like one time they had me write a column about the World Cup because the World Cup was in swing, and we didn't really have a soccer writer. And so like, it. write a column about the World Cup. I like the World Cup, so I did that. But that's, I mean, that stuff was few and far between. So... Because we had two columnists. Right. You know? Yeah. And Rob lets you write whatever you want, right? Whatever I, I, I want. When I was a columnist there before you for a couple of years, you're a much better writer than I am. Rob no, would, that's not true. It's but... actually true. <laughs> but Rob would, like, it was never a conversation. I would yeah. just write it. And, you know, sometimes I would say, what do you think of this? But it was never, what do you think of this in terms of, you know, can I write it? Yeah. It was just, he was not, and he was always just write whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, the gun thing was a good example. I was supposed to write about Kevin Love. I told Rob I was going to write about Kevin Love. That was a lead of your story. Yeah. And yeah. as, like, as the night's going on, I'm like, why, the, why am I writing about Kevin it's Love? Fake, right? It's fake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wrote about it the next day. Right. But I wasn't feeling it that night. And I knew that you guys were going to be blasting that out the next morning as far as reacting to the Orlando stuff. So yeah. I was like, well, this fits. This fits what we do do you even contact him or do you just write it? I just wrote it. That yeah. that one I did, I, I I think we're on the same page. There's been a couple things. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I had to run by him. There is for me in terms of like, you know, when I wrote about Jenny Yeah, Dell, if you're going after somebody, that's a If it's a, a media different. thing, which I do a lot of, you know, yeah. that I did a lot of, that was always kind of tricky. But I'll be honest, he never said, he never once said no to me, ever. Not yeah. once, ever. Yeah. And you said, okay, you know, right, it's your story. As long as it's, as long as it's not bullshit, right? Yeah, I think a couple times I've run ideas by him and he's he'll say no because it's boring, which is fair. That's fair. That's you know, fine. like, yeah, he's right. like, yeah, I don't think that's going to have any legs. Like, okay, that's, right. you know, that's his job. So, but in terms of like, no, that you stay away from that. No, there's been none of that. So you specific, you will specifically think 
what kind of reaction will this get on talk shows the next day or on Twitter the next day before you write something? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, but I have to. Fa- I won't fake it. That's no, the I, one I, thing. I, I will that, not but, fake it. So. Yeah. I won't do that. Like, the gun thing I actually feel strongly about. The Brady-Trump thing I felt strongly about. That's why I wrote it. Uh, I generally, and I'm not saying this to kiss ass, but I generally will have your show in mind for some. And you can tell. I mean, you can tell. Like, there are things that I've written where I'm like, okay, set the alarm because I'm going to have to get up early because I know they're going to call me. Right. You know, and I'm fine with that. Like, I think that's. That's good for the website. That's good for us. I know it's been a while since you covered Brady on a day-in, day-out basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think he's different now than he was eight, nine years ago, ten years ago? I can't – we have him on every week. Yeah. And I have not been able to – other than the one time with Guerrero, I've never really been able to – get past the whatever the surface is yeah i mean i will not even pretend that i knew tom brady whatsoever well, but you, you, were, you were there and you know. no no but yeah. i but i'm saying oh, in you. terms of covering him like david ortiz for instance right david ortiz is a much more accessible superstar he just mm-hmm. always has been it's his personality right brady you know because of the position because of the success because of the family because of just everything about brady he's always been sort of up on a mountain where if you peek through the clouds, you know, if you're Tom Curran, you might be able to get an audience. But otherwise, you're not really getting to know him. So I have no perspective at all on what he's like now because I haven't been around him. But I think from afar, it's pretty obvious with all the stuff that he's had to deal with the last two years, you know, from Deflategate forward – I don't see how that wouldn't change. When I know talking to guys who have covered the team, they said it's totally different. Way different, they yeah, say. They yeah, they say you used to be – like, when I covered the team, every once in a while I might be able to grab him for a second in that's his locker. Now. And it sounds that's like that's gone. Says, yeah, he says, yeah. It's, just, it's just gone. Yeah. The thing with Ortiz is – and I've been in the locker room enough to know, and I've seen him with Rob, enough to know that he's friendly with you guys. And I do think uh, that that – colors your coverage of Ortiz. I think you, know, I agree you with that. or Ian or Rob or Abraham or these guys, you can tell you actually like Ortiz. You yeah. give him a pass times maybe we wouldn't give another guy a pass. Uh, I don't know about that. Give me an example. I think well I think I think you know I think it's fair to at least begin to have the conversation mm-hmm. at this age, given the numbers that he's having. Yeah. There has to be some natural human suspicion in the air, right? Yeah. But if you bring it up conversationally with a lot of these beat guys, they look at you like you're out of your fu- – like- See, that's a t- – I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I mean, you'd just, be a Pollyanna to right. say, like, oh, no, I couldn't even consider that as a possibility. I mean, what he's doing but what are you makes- supposed to do? Like, are you supposed to go antagonize well, him? Well, did it. He did. Yeah. I th- didn't you think that was a good column? That was a good column. You should – it's been three It's been three years. You yeah. should do that column now. Go up to him and have the conversation. Yeah. I'll let you write that. You can write that. It's not like Rob's writing it. Just a, just a gut feeling. Yeah. But I think you guys, like, I think Ortiz kind of plays slap ass with you guys a little bit, and you like it. Uh, I wouldn't frame no. I wouldn't frame it that That's way. That makes it sound too much like jock sniffing. Yeah, like, I do have a fondness for Ortiz, but I've been hard on him in the past. I was hard on him over the steroid thing way back when right. uh, at the Herald. Like, and, I mean, to this day, as much as I like Ortiz... I've never really bought the whole like vitamins or whatever, and and but the but even more to the point, like I mean, I get why he's had to say what he's had to say because, I mean, that's just self preservation. That's what guys course, do. I yeah. think Brady's doing the same thing now with the whole deflate thing. So, right. so I understand that impulse, but I also think it's fair to look at the era in which we're talking about a guy who's just been released who needs to do whatever he can to hang on in baseball. At a time when it was the Wild West, like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily even fault a guy for going down that road. 
It's different now, though. I mean, if he, if he got popped again now. Oh, totally, totally different now. Totally different. This part. was my – no, no. This was my thing on Manny, why I say Manny's not a Hall of Famer and right. Ortiz is. Because Manny got popped when, okay, it was back, you know, when we're going to – when I'm more willing to give people a pass. I voted right. for Bonds. I voted for Clemens. Like, all that stuff. Manny got busted again. Right. And then right. again, you know, like, right. once you do it again, what you got your you got your one mulligan. And if you fuck up after that, no, you're done. What do you think of the, you know, you're a columnist. There's, I'm going to say, how many actual columnists would you say there are in town now? Seven or eight? Uh, I mean, Borges, Buck, Gasper. Dan. Shaughnessy, obviously. Um, I mean, how, there's not that how, many. There's not that many. What, 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 what? Somebody came up to me yesterday, what and they're happened? like, oh, the morning show was like singing your praises. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they said you're one of the three or four best columnists <laughs> in town. I was like, town. like, yeah, what, out of like six? <laughs> but but I do, it, it, it's, in, but I guess my point is, so you're about my age, right? Yeah, a little older. Uh, Shaughnessy is older. Ron is older. Buck is older. I yeah. d- talk about this all the time. I'm wondering what it's going to be like in 15 years or yeah. 20 years. Like, are there going to be any assholes left? Well, here's the thing. The young this generation is... seems asshole. Fr- it's not like an old man. I'm fucking 41. I know, no, But same the younger here. guys seem to be... <laughs> a pro team is a, is not the right phraseology, but there seems to be yeah, sort of... a little bit of that. We're kind of in this together. Yeah. Us against the world sort of thing, and I don't think that's a good thing. No, I think it's a terrible thing. And when I look around, I, I, first of all, I grew up reading Ryan, Shaughnessy, right. Borges, Will McDonough, yep. you know, like all these people. And they were hard edge, you know, like Gammons wasn't, but he was no. Mr. Information, whatever. Different. But the columnists brought it. Right. Oh, I would say Ryan was not, you know, Ryan was more, you know, pro, not pro team. He was just a great columnist. He was a great, he was a great columnist. But, sh- but he wasn't a shitster. Not really. Shaughnessy and Ron were shitsters. Yes. Particularly Shaughnessy. Yeah, both right. of them. And they still right. are. And I think it's interesting that there is no one, like, I wouldn't pretend for a second to be half as tough as those guys or a quarter as tough as those guys. Well, like, they will take on anyone at any time. Well, one, what, why won't you do that? What do you, why, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, but it's not that I won't. It's that I don't have it in me like they do. Yeah. I'm just, this is an honest self-assessment. I don't, yes, I've gone after people, like, but they, you have to have a real, like, fortitude. You almost have to enjoy it. And I don't necessarily enjoy it. I like like they do but then i look at the writers coming up behind me yes and i just i look around and i say okay who is going to be the guy out of this group who is going to be the guy who throws bombs because shaughnessy still brings it better than anybody i know it's like such a cliche to be like oh shank and he mails it in and curly head boyfriend and this and that it's like no he brings it he and borges are the two columnists in this town who still can absolutely bring it more so than anybody else and i don't know who that next generation is going to be. But I look at the young writers and I don't see, I don't see that same kind of like, I think now the writers are more into the, the number side of things and the analytics and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know if social media has changed it where you get this instant feedback. The question, the problem is now is, you know, you know, is if you are disliked by certain groups or whatever on Twitter, you're going to get your dick kicked in all the time. Oh yeah. The question is, can you take it? Yep. And some of these guys, I think, don't even want to deal with it. They like writing stuff that I'm sure is fine. Not really going to get read. Yeah. But they circle around themselves and give themselves attaboys. That seems to me to be their life cycle. And I don't know. You know, I I can't name you somebody under 30 who I feel like I have to read in the city every every time they write something. And there are people that age who are writing, I'm sure. I can't think of it. Am I missing somebody?
Yeah, in terms of a hard edge opinion, yeah, just I mean, an opinion guy. like, now I, I understand yeah. opinion opinion jobs aren't usually handed out to people in their twenties. There's yeah. a reason, for but that. you can see, I mean, you can see who's headed that way. Yeah, so now it's going to be headed that like, way. I think Evan Drellick at the Herald could be. He's definitely got a little bit of an edge to him. He's the yeah. guy who wrote like the Pablo Trainer stuff, and oh right, yeah. you know, like I I think he just being around him, I think he could. Be that kind of guy if he wanted yeah. to be. I don't know if he does. I don't like the other guy there, Harold. The, the younger Jason. Guy. Oh, I like Jason. But I don't like. But I mean, he yeah. he to me epitomizes what I don't like. He's still f- he's finding his way. I, I don't. He's, I mean, he's rooting for the team. I feel like he's rooting for the team. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't see him that way. No? I, I. Yeah. I mean, I think. I don't think Jason's out to to rip people or anything like That's that. That's his job, but, I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's the beat guy. I don't. I don't have a problem with Jason. Is the Herald going to be around in five years? I hope so. Well, I know that, so yeah. why? But you know, you uh, yeah, there. I think I mean, it will be. I think it will be. It's a survivor. The Herald's a survivor. The website sucks. Yes, it does. Uh, people aren't buying newspapers as much anymore. I'm, I think we're the last. From I think we're the last age. Yep. Like you know, I subscribe. Forties down. Uh, once you get in the thirties, I think it's over. Yeah. So if the website stinks and the readers are getting older and older and retiring, either losing readers, I'm sure every single day. How do they survive? Yeah. I think the Globe has done a better job digitally. Well, the Herald's trying Herald Radio. They're trying. Yeah, I not, mean, but that's not working. They're trying. I know. At least I know they're it trying. is. I know yeah. it is. But I'm saying. But I'm, I'm, I appreciate that they're trying. But how yeah. are they going to survive? That is a great question. It doesn't feel essential know. to me right now. And they should be what they what they have not allowed themselves to do is be a tabloid. They're yeah, not, they're I not, totally I, agree I, with I, that. I'll, Jerry and I were sitting there in the morning before the show starts, and something crazy happens. Somebody at the Globe fucks up, or something you know uh, happens with Trump, or something yeah. happens with Hillary, and. The front page is, you know, a picture of a fucking... Yeah, that used to frustrate me when fuck? I worked there. I'll give you a good example when... when uh, A couple of exa- Well, here's one. So when I was working there and Ortiz comes out, this is our fucking city, you know? Yeah. And I called Hank. I think that was a Saturday, right? That was a Saturday was a game, game, so yeah. it would have been the Sunday paper. I called Hank. I said... Call the news desk. Tell them our front page has to be. This, this is, is our home. fucking city. Right. No, no bleep. Oh, the fuck Put, the, put sure. the actual word on the front page. Wrap it if you have to with right. a with a warning for children. Right. You, we would have sold ten million copies right. of that paper if we could have printed them. And Hank ran it dutifully. You know, he ran it up the flagpole and was like, "Oh no, no, we can't do that. We can't do that." It's like take a chance. Another example when the Red Sox were collapsing. So we did the in twenty eleven. Yeah, we did the whole. Uh, best team ever. That was our ridiculous right. special right, section, right, which right. was, you know, it was right. it did what we wanted it, it to do. It was a tabloid move. It yeah. was a tabloid move. It was fine. Great. So as they collapse at some point during the season, and Shaughnessy, God bless him, he would, when the team was losing, he would trot out, the Herald called this the best right. team ever, right. like right. every day, right. which was fine. And then when they won, which was for the majority of the middle of the season, yeah. never got mentioned. But, we, you know, I was, so I would say to, to Hank and Murph, Mark Murphy, the assistant editor, yeah. like, Let's be in on the joke. Like, let's embrace this. And so as the season wore on and they were collapsing, I'm like, we need to do a front page of worst team ever. Mm-hmm. Like, let's at least own it. And so we were waiting for the right time, and they totally agreed. And so we get to the last game of the season, and we're going to make it our back page, worst team ever, because they've right. blown it. It's perfect. Right. And the news side takes it. And instead of just doing worst team ever, like talk about bad tabloid instincts, they twisted it around with this long, like, subheadline on the top that said something like, so I guess it turns out, in fact, they weren't the Jesus Christ. best team ever. Like, it's like, what are we doing? Jesus what are we Christ. doing? So, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm, that's why. And I don't, I don't want the Herald to go away. We need two papers in this town. We need a ta- – I want the Herald 
to be the New York Post. Yeah, that's so what do I. I. Want. That's it. Fuck Taking it. on the gun lobby, like Gossip, all that stuff. Right. I yeah. Mean, the Daily News and the Post have both gone in. The Daily News has gone one way, the Post has gone the other, and it's a war every single day. Yep. The inside track is not the inside track anymore. Yeah, because they, they got they rid, rid of, of half. They got rid of Gail, right? Exactly. So, uh, uh, no, no Laura. Sorry, uh, Laura. Laura has a bakery She's now. She's doing a bakery now. Yeah. And instead, they have this girl, Erica, something who does like fashion tips. Yeah. I want fucking. I'm, the New York Post has six or seven different gossip columns. People yeah. want to read gossip. People want to read, you know, media shit. People, why is there not a media critic at the Herald? Yeah, that's media a great question. Media stuff gets written like, read like cra- I could tell you, it gets read like sure. crazy. Sure, I mean, why, I know that. Not? I wrote two stories about Orsillo. I wrote a story right, about right, Remy earlier right. this year. You write about that stuff, it gets read. Absolutely. I don't. Where's the who is who is fucking this it's up? A gra- I mean, it's a great question. Is it Shaka? Is it is it is it Leahy? Who's who's screwing this up? I'm uh, worried. Yeah, it's not it's not Leahy. It's not the guys in sports. No. I mean, I think all that stuff happens above them. And there's the Herald, you know, and at some point the Herald, and we talk, shit, we talk, I talk about this station. At some point there has to be some injection of new blood too. Somebody younger has to go in there. I totally somebody, agree. Somebody has to start moving the conversation again. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I look and at I that. Like I, I look at that as a fair criticism of our place. Like what, right here? Yeah, there Absolutely. are days where. I am the youngest person we have on the air. You know, like there, I'm yeah. the youngest person on the air every day here. Yeah, I'm 41. That's, Think about it. That's John ridiculous. is in his 60s. Jerry's in his 50s. Uh, these guys, Forey's probably a little older than me. Lou the same. Uh, yeah. uh, Glenn, Dale, Holly, uh, Thornton's older than I am. Mikey's. I mean, you know. Yeah. But here's what I'd say. So I have this conversation all the time, right, with Kevin Graham or with other people. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and they'll say, "Okay, who you got?" You got the barstool idiots, okay, you know, yeah, but, like, but, but, I, I mean, mean you if know, you want to give them guys. a try, like, you can, you can give them the Thornton has helped that show in the you, afternoon. You can, you, can, you, can, you can give them a weekend try, maybe, but the barstool guys, there's... Well, give them, but that's, but that's, is, that's I, it. I agree. Give I, them a weekend I, I try. I would have done that, too. But, yeah. but we're talking about every day, day in, day Yeah, out. but you have to build up to that. So I would, like, DJ and Pete Blackburn and... You know Jared Carabas or whatever. Those like, give gonna, these those guys aren't going to be good in the radio every day. They're just not. They're not. You know why? How do you know that? Give them a shot on the weekend because they're, they're pro team. DJ's not, not pro team. He's not. But he's not a born cynic. Oh, I think I think DJ's DJ's Bruins coverage is pretty pointed. I mean, he goes after Neely and what's his name all the time. He's there's also too young too though. There's a balance. Like you can't. He's too young to be on the radio right now. Every day, day weekend. In, day out. This that's is fine. this is what I'm talking about. Put these guys. Every, like, how did you start? Saturdays, on the weekends, right? Yeah. So yes. the, uh, Jerry Thornton, same thing. Like we should be putting those guys on the weekends. Well, the other problem now is that you had a great training ground in the big show. You really did. I mean, think of all the guys who got their swings on the big show. Yeah, that's a good about point. Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, you know, all the all these guys, Lou, yep. Jerry. Uh, Holly, uh, hey, Felger, Zolak, and Maz for that Felger, point. Yeah, Maz. Um, you know, you can name him. You can name five million people. Yeah. Who McAdam, got, McAdam. Uh, you know, who did it? Dan, who did it for Jackie? They did it forever. That's yeah. where you learned how to do it. Yeah, I learned how to do it doing weekend shows by myself in like you know snowstorms and nobody was listening. You had no calls and you're by yourself for four hours. That's true. You have to learn how to do it. And the weekends is I'm not really sure what's the weekends to me. I know Craig and Larry are on. I think you're on on a regular show, right? Yeah, Saturday. But I don't know. Like, I'll put it on at like three o'clock. I don't know who the fuck is going to be on. Yeah, and that's that's a little confusing to me. I agree, and they should take as many chances as they can. Yeah, you know, I hear like Schilling wants to do a show or whatever. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know how committed he would (laughs) be ultimately, but but you know what? Like Schilling would say shit that we would talk about. He would say he would say stuff on Saturdays that you guys would talk about on Tuesday. Now here's the here's the problem and I have to deal with this all the time is manager's gonna say, Well, we're a little worried about putting chilling on because he might say this, he might piss off this advertiser. 
or this advertiser, or they might, this happens with me all the time. They're going to do this or that. There's fear, which I like, which I say yeah. fucking embrace it, but it's easy for me to say that. Yeah. I have to look, you have to look at it from manager's point of view, which is. Yeah, but then you don't, I don't know, but if you don't take chances, then what I do agree. you get? I totally, I listen, I, I totally agree with you, but that's, but I think they're in this business, management plays defense. Yeah. I think they say, well, let's trot this guy out. He's not going to get us in any trouble. The ratings might not be as good as they might be if we put this guy on, but we're not going to get any trouble. We've had people say that to us that, you know, that if, if our show's ratings were lower than they are, but we didn't get them in as much trouble as we do, they'd be better off. Yeah, see, I can't. I which, can't. Uh, which might that. be true. And yeah. these are people who do this for a living, but you say, well, so you want us to be worse, but it'd be easier to sell because we won't be as whatever, yeah. inflammatory. Yeah, offensive. Do you like doing radio? Uh, I'm, I'll always be a writer first. I yeah. mean, that's just the bottom line. You know, I'm, I'm more of a writer. I, I did, that's what I've done my whole career. Yeah. That's what I got hired here to do. But do you enjoy you know? it? You look forward to going in the weekend? Yeah, I like doing like, it. I yeah. mean, I, I can't say that, um, I don't feel I'm particularly good at I think it, you've but been a lot better at it. Honestly, yeah. I think you're more, you sound more comfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would hope that I get somewhat better at it. I mean, I do it every weekend. Isn't it about who you work with too, though? I mean, you're on the. Butch most of the time. I'm right? on with Butch, yep. Yeah. And I was on with Dickerson before that. Right. I've done Giardi a little bit, Bradford, yeah. all those different guys. Yeah, it helps. I mean, Butch and I have a much better rapport now, I think, than when yeah. we started, just because we had never worked together, and it's hard. You need to learn like the other guy's pace and what sure. they want to talk about and all that kind of stuff. Is it something you could see yourself doing every day, ever down the line, or no? No. I'll be honest, no. no. Management probably doesn't want to hear that, but no. You wouldn't want to? Every day, no. I don't know how you guys do it, honestly. You mail it in half the time. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, there are some days where there's, you know, like today where when you're getting, four, and you might be, you've written about it, but after a while when you get so many calls in a row about a guy telling you why a certain gun is this or isn't that, oh, you're just God. like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, this is the, this I, was I, like, you know, the, the PSI stuff. Like well, that's exactly Patriots. right. Essentially like, that's the, it, you but, can't, you can't tell me anything I haven't already heard. Right. And I don't, and you might be. Lying to me, or you might be 100% right. I don't give, I, I truthfully don't give a fuck why you use the gun or why you don't use the gun, how many yeah. guns you have. Yeah. I, it, does, it doesn't matter to me. So when you take, you know, 47 phone calls in a row like that, I'm done. I'm checking my phone. I'm checking Twitter. Yeah. I'm reading something. You yeah, know, I've I'll, been I'll, there. I mean, you just, you just, you say, all right, I'm fucking mailing. I mean, you know, I, there are days where I totally and completely mail it in. Yeah. You know, I, but I, I think that must be true for everybody. I would think, I'm sure there are columns where you're like, all right, fuck it. You I know who doesn't something. mail it in is Bradford. It's absurd. What but, on the radio? Uh, no. When in terms of the writing stuff, what like do you mean? because he never like he'll he'll he doesn't settle for the obvious story. Which that's true. I will Th- do. That's true. That yeah. is true. That is true. Well, one thing about Rob is you know he just he he doesn't he never stops. He's gonna kill himself. Yes. that's part of the problem. He's been but hospitalized like several times. He's in Toronto. No, a but he he never bed. ever stops. I can't. I and you want to you know when I talk to him, I want to say like you know he'll he'll call me and he'll bitch about the same stuff he's been bitching about for eight years. And I want to say to him, <laughs> this is the definition of insanity. Let's move on. Like this, it's not. There's always going to be a website radio issue a little bit. I think it's much better than it was before. Yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah, I but now I'm on the other issues. side. That's the other thing. So now I'm you know yeah. a radio guy. But let's just don't stop banging your head against the wall. It's 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 you fought the fight. You know you've kind of won. You've done very well for yourself. Let's move on. Yeah, he he'll never stop fighting. That's and not in his DNA. You know, and he works like a fucking dog. I don't know what he's going to do. Like eventually, he's not going to have this job anymore. I think he'll either burn out or they'll do something else. He'll say it's time for a change. Whether it's two years from now, is he just going to go back and be a beat writer again? I can't no, imagine that. No. He's been he's been he's too invested. I'm not I wouldn't I wouldn't actually bet on him ever withdrawing from this. Mentally he's going to actually collapse, I think. That's a separate issue. <laughs> you know, it might help he's in better shape. 
Oh, I'm not one to talk. Well, but you're not. Yeah, but you. But you seem kind of laid back, though. I am laid back. You're never. You're not a screamer. No. And God, never. No. no, I mean a couple times. There was one time where Francona got pissed about something I had written. Yeah. And that got heated. But like in general, I'm not. You know, if if someone gets mad at me, and I've had plenty of guys over the air, Corey Dillon or AJ Brzezinski, whoever, like guys get pissed at you. I'm not really. I don't generally raise my right, voice well, louder Brzezinski, than it is now. He was during the. That was early in his one season here. I had written a pretty tough column. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, he and so I went in there the next day, and you never really know how to like handle those things. Like I know Tony and Shaughnessy had told me early in my career, and it was good advice. Make yourself available. Like right. if they, you don't need to antagonize them. Like, hey, do you see what I wrote? But you got to at least be front and center. So if they want you, they can do it. So I go in there, and I don't know if he's seen it. I can't tell. And he's just sitting there, and he's not really doing anything. And he looks up, and he sees me, and he makes no reaction. I'm like, oh, maybe he's just been ripped a lot. He hadn't seen it. So after the game, (laughs) after the game was a very different story. He was pissed. Oh, you know, he just, like, pulled me out into the hallway, like, screamed and yelled a little bit, told me I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, Believe me, I knew what I was talking about on that particular story. Yes. Um, And, you know, that was the end of it. But, yeah, yeah, that, that stuff happens. Probably more than you'd think. And this was like when the Pablo thing happened in spring training. And you guys, I think this was a fair criticism. How could you not write this? And like I really went back and forth on it when it happened because Mm -hmm. I've been the guy on the other side of that. I've been Chris Smith. I've been the guy getting yelled at. And I would have been pissed like if people like made me the story in that case because I feel like professionally the players deserve the right to be able to get pissed at us without it appearing in the paper. However – Pablo slamming a bat, and with all the stuff going on around him, if Brock Holt had done that, I wouldn't have felt bad about not writing it at all. Yeah. But because it was Pablo and because it was like he was he was a story at that point, I did feel like uh, maybe I could have handled that differently. It's also 2016. Whatever. I think in 2016 you have to write that. I mean, maybe in 1998 you don't write it. I just feel like the world is – with Twitter now, we know what's going on. Guys are tweeting about it. So right there. So we know what's going on. So it's already out there. You're not. Yeah, well, we all wrote about it once it got out there. Right. right now. Uh, when was the last time you were at, uh, Gillette? Uh, telling me for like a monster truck show or anything. No, no, no. I haven't been at Gillette since the last game I covered in 08. Are you not allowed there? Uh, I don't know if that's the case. You could ask Rob that, but I've not been sent there. So you don't use, you have no idea. Cause I have heard, not from Rob. I've mm-hmm. heard that they don't want you in the building. Well, anymore. I think that's pretty safe to assume. <laughs> no, I know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean but them not wanting me there, them not wanting me there and them not allowing me there are two different things. I'm certain I'm not wanted there. Well, like you were at the Super Bowl in Phoenix. I was at the Super Bowl. But yep. you didn't cover the Patriots. I stayed on the Seattle side. Was for that, that a WEI decision or a Patriots NFL? That decision? was a WEI decision. Oh, yeah. the NFL. I don't think. I don't think whatever. the Patriots or the NFL could keep me from going down there to cover stuff. You don't think the Crafts could? I don't think so. You don't think they would make a stink of it? Not oh, me. I think they would make a stink. Right. I'm saying I don't think they have the authority to say this. Isn't like Trump saying no right. Washington Post? <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, they, cl- I mean, they don't want me there. I don't, I don't necessarily blame them. And well, how do you feel about it with eight, eight and a half, eight and a half years later? What's, what is anything you feel any different now than you did whatever, two weeks after it happened? Um, well, two weeks after it happened well, was, whatever, was, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, here's the thing with that. So eight years later, there have been some misconceptions about that. Okay. Like the, the two, the, the two things that bothered me, like, I will have to wear that for the rest of my life. I got that right. scarlet letter, and I'm like, I made that bed. That's 
That's that's mine and do mine you feel alone. Like you fucked up, or do you feel like? Oh yeah, I fucked up. Do you feel like you had ninety five percent of the story right? Uh, not that much. No, no. I mean, there was a time where I definitely clung to that, yeah. like you know, oh, someday the truth will come out. But as the years have passed, I've been like, you know what? You just got to own up to it. Why like, did you know during the process that you had fucked up? Um, that's tough to say. I mean, probably. I don't know. I mean, you're first of all, you're worried about things when anytime you write anything like that. Well, sure. Did you know, you feel, but did you feel when you had it that you had it that you were? Oh yeah. Oh, I had no. I like, had no doubt. No. The, it, believe me, if if it were one where I was like, you would have backed off. Eh, yeah, I definitely right, would have right, backed off. Right. You know. So, but so after it came out, you know, there was a lot of like, oh, he made this up to make a name for himself. It's like, what what kind of name would I be making <laughs> right, for myself? Right, like right. the I am not in that business okay. whatsoever. Sure. So that and then the whole thing like, oh, he has no integrity. It's like, well, listen, I fucked up and I got to live with that for the rest of my life. And believe me, there is not a single day that has gone by in eight and a half years where I have not thought about that. And like, how did I get here? Why did this? How did I allow this to happen? Well, how you know? did you allow it to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think I, as I wrote in the front page thing for the Herald after yep. it happened, I allowed the fact that I was afraid I was going to get beaten on the story. I allowed that to override the, you have to, you just, you know, you're positive, but let's leave nothing to chance kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. because this is something that I had heard about months earlier yeah. and had worked on, you know, for months. And even though it's, even though I felt I had it, it's like, you can't, you have to, there can be no doubt, you know? Right. And it's right. like, in retrospect, if without seeing it, like I should have been on a story of that magnitude. It was like, if I don't see it, if you can't see it, you can't write it. Was there it. anybody in the process who said, this boy, no, this doesn't feel right. Or was everybody involved said, no, this is good. Go with it. Um, no, they were definitely along the way. It was like, well, you need more, you need more, you right. need more, you know? Right. And so, but that's, you know, that's, that's all on me. And, you know, and and since it's happened, yeah. so you ask me, how does it feel differently? I mean, the yeah. only thing that feels different is it's sort of like a dull ache now, right. as opposed to that like brain frying. Oh my God, what have I done? Did you think you would get fired? Um, I certainly, yeah, I thought it was Were a possibility. No? I don't remember. No, no, I mean, I I took some time off, like when the whole when the dust finally settled. But yeah. I don't think I was a, I was never officially suspended, but. I mean, yeah. How could you not worry? It's like, sure, no, yeah. you know, that's that's not a that's not a small fuck up, you know. Right. Do you? Uh, and so now, you know, I'm guessing. I don't know this, but I just give, like if I'll tweet something that you write out, mm -hmm. you know, if I'll retweet something you tweet out, or if I tweet out a column that you write, oh yeah, or respond to you, yeah. You know, it'll be if I get twenty responses from it on Twitter, yeah. 15 of them are, you know, fucking fuck him. Oh, uh, yeah. He hates the Patriots. I don't trust this fucking guy. How do oh, yeah. Job? I mean, I mean. Fuck I know, but, but yeah. how do you, you know, intellectualize that? I mean, um, it that, becomes, I mean, you know how it is. Yeah, like, absolutely. you get ripped every day for this time. or that. You just eventually you sort of put up a wall and it's like, yeah, it's just words. And the thing, too, is most of the time it's the exact same thing. Same, like, right. it, it's. It'll be 200 different people, but they're writing the exact same thing. Right. So it's like, whatever. There was one interaction I had on Twitter where somebody 
like complimented something I had written. It was clearly a younger tweeter, like right. maybe a teenager. <laughs> right. Complimented something I had written probably about Brady, like yeah. during the whole deflate gate thing. It must yeah. have been a more pro Brady slanted column. Oh, great job on this. Somebody else responds to that response and is like, but this is the asshole who wrote about the walkthrough, blah, blah, blah. And then that per- and now so I'm I'm like at Jay Tomasi on this whole conversation. Right, right. So then that person's like, what the, What are you talking about? So the are other guy's like, guy? yeah, so, so exactly by the end of the tweet, the guy, he was like, fuck you, like <laughs> at the end of it. So was a part of you that said, you know, what, maybe I'll just get get out of Boston. No. No, this never. is my home. Right. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not running. You but know. There's no part of you that said, you know, maybe I'll just go. No. Fucking sell insurance or go no. be a teacher. No. No. Just knew we had to get through the fire. I had to get through the fire. I mean, I'm glad social media didn't exist because I would have well, been. Well, that's fired. the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Is, and you would have. In two, it wouldn't. I'm not saying it would have been fair if this. If oh, I would have been fired. I would have been in, fired in a, a week hour. because this is this is what has always bothered me about social media. It's fake outrage, and every time I read a story it's about temp- anything, it's also temporary outrage. Exactly. Every time, anytime I read a story that says reaction on social media was swift, and it, you see it in the New York Times, you see it in the Washington Post. I'm like, though, that is meaningless. Right. That is like keyboard right. bravery. There is nothing that is ephemeral. Like there is nothing to that whatsoever. But what would have happened was he would have written that, and you know, this the pa- pro patriots crowd would have fucking galvanized. And yep. They and your bosses, as good the people as I'm sure they are, would have had to fire you. Yep. They would have had no choice. Oh yeah. No, yeah, believe they, me, I've they, thought about that. I mean, I got lucky. <laughs> I got it, lucky in that sense. Do you think of it now, like when you have a story and you're about to break a story or you have something, do you, do you still think of it every single time you're about to? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I wrote the beer in the clubhouse thing. Like, right. I broke that story for the Herald. Right. And you, you better believe party, I was leaving. Well, no, because that one I well, had. I had no worries right. about that. But right. I left nothing to chance but on that story. But you can't be wrong again, right? Nope. I can't be wrong at all. And, you know, sometimes it's annoying because – you, you'll be tempted. Like the shilling thing was a good example. Like I wrote that column about shilling and yeah. I made a bad choice of words. I said something like, you know, uh, shilling has tweeted, a, you know, oh, a, about us. Uh, I don't know if it was before or after yeah. he came. No, no, no. When I came on with you guys. That's what I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. I had said something like um, sexual orientation. Right. And like Schilling has been outspoken that he doesn't care about your sexual orientation. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't care about that. So I was conflating the transsexual thing with orientation. So bad choice of words. So. The temptation, believe me, was there to just go into that Delete. column and just change it, and no one would be the wiser. Because online, you can do that. Because I can do that online, right. but I was like, you know what? I can't do that. So I had to put asterisk, right. correction. The original right. version of this story said this. And of course, like people online, there goes Tomasi again fucking up. It's like, right. well, there's no journalist alive that's going right. to not make mistakes here right. and there. And so do you want me to own them? Or do you want me to go online and erase them and pretend they didn't happen? But unfortunately and for you, you just have to eat it, right? I, mean, I have got, to eat it. You got to yeah. eat shit on it. I mean, that's. Yep. I guess that's just the way it's always going to be. Yeah. Did you think that? You know, but I, I should make clear, like, so in most jobs, I feel like you should not be judged on your worst day. I agree. In my job, you kind of have to be. So. I, you know, as much as I would like to say, geez, you know, I've had a good career. I've written a lot of good stories. Absolutely. I. I understand and I accept. I don't love it, but I accept. Like this is what defines me. Yeah. You know, f- fair or not. Well, you know, that's I mean, reality. I could do this for thirty years and have a great career, and I'm doing pretty well right now. And, and, nah. and, and they're going to say he's the guy who called Aaron Andrews a bitch. No, There's no doubt that's going to be one of the first. Or said that Roger Goodell. Should no be one's going to remember that. They might oh. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but these things. But these. No, absolutely. These things are always going to stick. Yeah. They, they're always going to stick. And you say. 
like you said, I've said them. Like, I fucked up. You know, yeah. you fuck up and you move. There's nothing you can do. No. to correct the past. And and when when I was covering the Pats, so early in that year, that 07 season, Deflate or not Deflategate, Spygate, Spygate yeah. happens. And I did a story early in the thing because everyone was ripping Belichick. How was he handling it? This yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. And so I talked to a um, you know, like an image consultant, a crisis manager, crisis management person right. in New York. Right. And so they, you know, I wrote a story. I had this out crisis management person would have Belichick deal with this, blah, blah, blah. So then my thing happens months later and I write that mea culpa as best yeah. I could. And that crisis manager guy reached back out to me and he said, that was good. Now never talk about it again. Right. Like this is how you know this you is how these things you work. Talk about it a lot. Right? No, no. I mean, I mean do you say like? I mean, you're on the radio. People must call and and, and say it. No, eh, once or twice. Right. It's not been that much. There was one guy when I was on with Dickerson who went at me for like seven minutes. Right. You know, but that's okay once in a while. Yeah. I mean, people because out there. Yeah. No. No. And and I and I bring it up from time right. to time. When you got, first got hired, we I talked to Rob about it, and I was a big. I was pushing for it. I said, "Fucking absolutely, bring him in." But Rob was always like, "Yeah, you can't. Don't talk if if you're on with John and Jerry. Try not to bring it up." Don't oh no! Like, I well, said to Rob, "I'm like, you can't say that. Like, well, like just bring it, it up. Like, good, but I'm like, yeah. it, ex- it exists. If you don't talk about it, no. it's worse than it no. Because out there. that makes us look fraudulent too. Because yeah. we're the ones who will go after anyone for anything. Right. So I did not want, and I've brought it up on the air from time to time. Like Giardi and I were on last week talking about something. He was asking, "What are your interactions like?" with people versus social media. And I was like, you know, listen, I've given people a reason to be legitimately (laughs) pissed at me. And I've never, I've never once had a Patriots fan say anything. I had people say shit to me about something I wrote about Manny, like 15 years ago, but I, I have never once in person had anyone say, how could you do that? Now? Social media is very different, different. but yeah. And so you cover the Patriots the next season. Yep. Whole season. Brutal. Weirdly enough, no. I thought it would be. So a couple things about that. So one, I was neutered. Like I, I felt like. Right, right. I mean, I would look at my own byline, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but I would look at my own byline and fine. say that you have no credibility to be ripping the Patriots. Right. Like I used to be pretty pointed in my coverage of the Patriots. I mean, they were good when I covered them. Like they were legitimately good. Right. So there wasn't a lot of stuff to criticize. But right. I would be critical here and there. That 08 season, like, it was down the middle. I might as well have been the beat guy again because I wasn't going to. So you just wrote scared all year? I wrote scared all year, which, right. you know, which... What, you, what are you supposed to do? Like, so the other thing was I go in there the first day mm-hmm. that I'm covering them. It was like a mini camp maybe after it's all finally shaken out and, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. I was going to say Orrin Hatch, <laughs> whoever the senator was from uh, Pennsylvania who was – Oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Specter. Specter. Arlen yeah, yeah, Specter yeah. had right. had his say. The whole right. thing was finally done. So I go in. I have no idea how I'm going right. to be received, obviously. Right. And so a little trepidatious, but I'm like, all right, got to do it. Like, got to show There's my no face. Talk of the Herald is just saying, let's let's move this guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> in retrospect, very strange. yeah, right. I know. So I, I mean, so I went back down there, right. and I cover mini camp, and. And I'm, I still have no idea. And so the practice ends, and out of the respect to the player, I won't name him, but one of their most well-known players, you know, whatever, respected player, as he's leaving the practice field, makes like a 260-degree turn, runs by me and gives me like the whack on the ass as he really? runs by, like sort of like hang in there kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I think maybe I'm okay. And that was <laughs> I think I'm the- okay, like because it's right. like if that guy – is doing that in front of the entire media and in front of all of his teammates. 
I must be okay. And I have to say, I gained so much respect for Belichick that year because he cannot think highly of me at all. Right. Like, and I, you know, and I don't blame him for that. He did not like. He could have made my life hell. He could have like. No players talked to me. No coaches talked to me. He could have shut me down every time I asked a question at a press conference. I don't know why, but he he treated me completely professionally the entire year. Never had an issue at all. Never had an issue with a single player in there. Do you have any, any interaction with the crafts ever? Um, oh God, not in years. Like, no. yeah, I mean, ben? I think it's fair to say if. I were to die on the way out of the studio. I don't. I don't think there would be any tears <laughs> no, shed no. in Brookline. But you know, again, like if I were in their shoes, like I don't know if I would feel that differently. So you left after that year. You left the. Beat. I covered. Yeah, my last story for the Herald. So your last what, game was that Buffalo game. Um. Yeah. Was that, that the, the right last? Year? It was the Castle year. Yeah. Remember they didn't they win last game at Buffalo Castle like punted or is, am I making that game up uh, I don't remember yeah which but they game went 11 and 5 they anyway went, right. yeah so they maybe that was Buffalo I mean yeah so anyway they went 11 5 they missed the playoffs I went to spring training so I went right from there to the ALCS like I started covering that because oh, okay. it was 08 right. right um wait that's the fall how did that work that would make sense because it was December or January yeah 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 so spring training so I did go to the ALCS right. I did sort of both yeah. but uh the fall the 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 spring training, I went down and Vince Wilfork had a charity like uh, softball tournament. Yeah. And so I went down there and I got Wilfork on his contract, which at the time was like a big deal. Right, right. And I got the only interview Moss, Randy Moss did the entire offseason. And that was a big deal too because sure. people were wondering like what did his future hold and this and that. Right. So I, <laughs> I felt good about it. Like at least I left the Patriots beat having done – good work like listen i'm never gonna you know i'm never gonna change what happened right there's no changing that but at least i could say that i left that beat you know doing good work could you go if rob said listen i want you to do games this year at Gillette, would you go do it yeah i'd go wherever he sent me I know, but would, it be, would you say to him like no i mean not no, no. but would you no say i would go i mean go? yeah i'd go yeah and you'd be all right with it yeah yeah i mean I kind of like having Sundays to watch them at home on yeah. TV, but well, so that's the other thing. It's yeah. like you're really missing out on it. I mean, no. you can you can you can almost write the column as well from home is 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 from there. I feel the player access is nothing. Yeah, it's still it's it's different to be there. It's definitely different to be there. You get a different feel for things, and even just being in the locker room afterwards, it's different to hear the quotes and look the guy in the eye as he says them, as opposed to reading like the long transcript. I think most players quote quote suck though. They do suck, I mean, but I'm just well, saying, like, being down there makes it does make a difference. How many players, when you talk to the Red Sox, how many would you say are, like, actually, you know, thoughtful, enlightened, interesting quotes on that team? Uh, right now, I would say Ortiz can be quite a bit. I think Price can be. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go through the, the saying, roster. I mean, yeah. Right. No, but, I mean, the thing with that is being there and having relationships with people allows you to write stuff, even if the quotes suck, you know? So right. just circle. So we'll circle back to the start. There's no part of you that gets up and is like, are you, are you working tonight? Yeah, I'll be a Fenway. Is there any party that's dreading putting in like nine hours on this regular season game on June 15th? Like, you know, what's the fucking point? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far because that's kind of nihilistic. But well, that's the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my attitude. Generally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's certainly a part like, okay, we're in the. It, it's a grind for us too. Right. I don't travel like I used to. At the Herald, I traveled 100 nights a year. Ugh. Rob does the majority of the travel now, right. so I'm you don't picking want to, my right? spots. 
I don't mind. I like doing some. Some. Yeah. Oh, oh I don't. I don't need to do what I did in you the do past. Like Thirty games a year. Thirty would be good. That's about right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think I even do that now. No. Once you take, I mean, spring training, I do three, three or four weeks of that. But if you do actual games, like yeah. so far, road games this year, I think I've done a series in New York. I've done a series in Kansas City. I'm forgetting one. I'm going to Seattle next month. But yeah, there's not. Um, it's not like it was. The thing I like about. Uh, about the beat writers and all the sports, and I, you know, I don't, I don't spend much time with them. I spend a week with them down in spring training, and I'll check in every once in a while with them. Is that, is that they're as fucking petty and gossipy as we are during a commercial break on the station? Oh yeah, you know? worse. And they seem just like as they, bad. It seems like there's clicks too, and there's a couple of guys everybody hates. There seems to be that that thing. Is that I, I talk about like sometimes I feel like we can be a bunch of heathers. No, there's no question. Yeah. But there's always, but there's somebody on the outside, right? There's somebody, what, what is the, why is, what is there, why is there such a, there doesn't seem to be that cynicism when I read you guys, though. Yeah. You are, you're a columnist, different. Yeah. But the beat writers can be, like, Rob can be a cynical, angry <laughs> fucking asshole. And I mean that in a great way. I wouldn't be friends yeah. with him if he wasn't. Yeah. But he goes on the radio and he writes, and he's not that guy. Ian Brown is a snarky fucking guy. Yeah. I don't read that. Why not? Well, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say to that. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, don't know. Where's the, where is that? Where is that? Cynicism? I think it's like I think it's like any workplace environment, though. There but are but, people but, who well, will like bitch about. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, you can do it on. It's your job to right. do it on the air to bring right. it on Although the air. I would say there's people in this business who are the same way. Yeah. They're assholes, and then they go in there and they pretend it's you know sunshine and yeah. people pissing champagne. Yeah, I just I just wonder sometimes. I like I I find that. The beat writers of the Red Sox. I'll, like, remember spring training? I'll pop my head in when you guys are working there, and it's a miserable bunch of fucks. <laughs> but I mean that in a good way. Like I want to. Well, you know what I mean. Here's to answer your question seriously. So part of it is, if you are going to be the guy who's angry and cynical in your writing towards yeah. the team that you're covering, yeah, it makes it harder to cover the team. Like so, a lot of guys will shy away from that kind of confrontation for that reason. Think they're afraid of it. Yeah, just just fear. Yeah, or or it's just like, like it's sort of. But you know what? It goes back. Life. It goes back to like what you were saying about the social media, like the circle. If you have fifteen no people who are telling you how great you are, right. you don't want you want them to keep the the horde at bay, you know, who will tell you that you suck. And so it becomes easy when you have this instant feedback. I think any writer who claims that they pay no attention to it is bullshit. lying. It's like any host. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. So it's it's sometimes it is hard, and there are times where even like. You know, the like the gun thing, not that I really gave a shit, but right. there was a part of me that was like, oh, I'm going to get crap from like NRA people, right, right. you know, and, right. and that thought enters your mind. And so when you're covering a team, especially if you're younger, you might see you might take a path of less resistance. So you're not like, why ruffle feathers when you can just get along? Isn't the most important thing to be read, though? Yeah, I think I mean, so. Isn't that number one? Yeah. Isn't that the number one rule? Yeah. I, but I feel like they're, a lot of guys are violating that. They'd rather write something that gets pats on the back. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, when is that? Uh, we're getting back to the beginning, but I feel yeah. like that's ten or fifteen years from now. I think we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, unless they get older and more cynical and say fuck it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say there's the bar stool and the dead spin sort of yeah, but bar class yeah. as well. That's you know, true, so that's maybe a, that's where you get that stuff. I guess you know. Yeah. All right, I'll let you go. You gave me enough of your time, and I you want to get out of here. So we've learned that I you don't want to do be. the radio every day. You don't like the radio. I don't want to do it every day. I do you think like doing TV when you go on Comcast? It's so easy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fucking stealing yeah. money. <laughs> I mean, is that not stealing Yeah, when money? are you going back? <laughs> Never. They don't want me back. What's if, Think about it from Comcast's perspective, right? So they put me on, and I think the show's a little better when I'm on with, like, say, Gary. We have more yeah. fun together. We, you know, it's a better chemistry. 
But they look at it and say, okay, we bring this dickhead on once a week or twice a week. The show's, yep. you know, 12% better. Yeah. The ratings aren't any different. Nobody knows when they're on, so it makes no difference that way. There's no yeah. advertiser difference. And there's always a chance that he's either going to say something or somebody's going to try and fuck him over, and we're going to be in this mushroom cloud again. Yeah. So I think for them, they say, what's the, is it really worth the, 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 the risk for minimal reward? Like, radio is different. Like, I come on, there's a tangible ratings difference. I bring in X amount of dollars. If I leave the show, it suffers. So I get that. I get why they have to keep me around the radio. But TV, they say, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you've been on that show. It's just the, these shows, they don't. Yeah, it was on last night. Yeah, they just roll you in, and you do your seven minutes, and you just you, know, you make a little noise, and then you get the fuck out of there, right? Like, it's the, it's the easiest gig of all time. How easy is TV? I treat it with the utmost respect you, you, and, prof- and professionalism. But you know, okay, like what time do you, what, you were on the 10 o'clock class? Well, night? no, 6 o'clock. So last night, last night they had me come in and do like a two-minute thing at the top of the 6 o'clock show and then stick around to Wait, do o'clock? to do 6.30. No, oh, no, no. That's not so bad. So I went on at 6, but it's not so bad, but there's a part of me that was like, Oh, I got to do two different shows at once. Are they paying you for both of them? Uh, that is a good question. Oh, you don't do, don't yeah. do that. Don't fall into yeah. that trap. Yeah. But but okay, so but that's different last night. But if you yeah. know you're doing a, a fucking B block, yeah, uh, at six thirty, you know you can get there at six thirty seven, six six thirty two, yeah, and you'll be back in your car at six fifty one, yeah. And there's nobody you can go on. And, and I live fourteen minutes away, right? So. I live in I live in Lexington. I live oh, yeah. six minutes away. You can go on and, and be you know whatever. You can sporty McKenzie it up for six minutes and pretend to be outraged about something. Get in your car. Boom, you're done. It's like it never happened. Nobody tweets you about it, right? Nobody ever tweets you about being on TV. Not very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. Just, Only if Comcast like tweets something with something inflammatory or whatever. I always think one of these days Comcast is going to wake up and say, you know, why are we paying these people to do this? We can just pay somebody half as much Shh. or a quarter as much. That's but that, enough. But that, That's that enough of going, that. That is going to happen. Well, if I'm not going to be on, I don't want anybody to get paid. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get paid. I didn't think that gravy train would still be rolling, and here we are, like fifteen years later. Well, you know what the difference? You know what it comes down to ultimately. And I've, the few times I've talked to Comcast people recently, you know the um, the six o'clock show is a straight news show, and I feel like that show is antiquated. It's just over. Nobody puts on TV at six twenty six to see local television sports news anymore. The six thirty show and the ten o'clock show, people still like to flip around and see faces they know, people they know, argue about shit. They just do. It's the Skip Bayless syndrome. People like opinion. It's, the other stuff is boring. Yeah, and so, you. So if you have an opinion like you, you have some thoughts, and you can you can put together four or five sentences in a row. There's always going to be a spot for that. Yeah, don't you think? Oh yeah, I agree. But also like whatever they pay us, it's still a drop in the bucket well, for NBC. Right. You, you know, billions and billions of yeah. dollars. But I do wonder if there's going to be a bean counter in there one day. Who's going to do that? I mean, like you know, at some point newspapers realize okay we don't need to send two people to winnipeg on a saturday night we don't need to send people to the the celtics timberwolves game in january there's no money for it yeah hasn't happened yet but well it has a little bit that's some of the smaller papers yeah yeah, even the globe but even the globe will not like the globe this this week i don't think michael whitmer's gone now i think right yeah but they're not gonna sometimes they they're not gonna send somebody to cover the british open you know, they're not yeah, gonna cover, they used to cover three people for a fucking Hagler fight. Yeah. You know, he was local. That, that I think they've started to figure that out, which sucks for you and sucks for me who likes it, but it also makes business sense, right? Yeah. You know, is the Herald doing that? Does the Herald send I don't know. Him? The Herald board just does a lot of their golf stuff, so I don't know if he, I don't remember if he's typically like gone Borges. to the British. He I don't does. like Borges when he's not writing football. I'll be honest. I mean, football is clearly his like wheelhouse. But baseball, when he goes down, I know he probably gets a week to spend down in Florida. It's probably part of his, you know. He did know. good stuff down there I this know, year. I know, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel he, I mean, right. he's he's got a he's got that perception, oh, you're a football guy. Right. So there's it's like an, the natural thing where you 
if you don't read them all the time, then yeah. you might say, oh, this isn't football. But I, I think he brings it on everything. How much longer do you think? I'm Bor- a big Borges guy. I know I like, you love Borges. Yeah. Is he like your – was he your kind of your guy? Is he he was guy my he... guy growing up, yeah. I mean, I read – when well, you started working there, he was – When I started covering the Pats, I went to uh, – for the Herald. I'd only been on the beat a few months. I went to the owners' meetings. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I think I – yeah, I knew nobody. Right. And Borges, we were the two guys there. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to compete against this guy. Right. He pulls me over and talks to me for like two hours, gives me the lay of the land, tells me who everybody is, like, because he's not threatened by me. Who am right. I? He's Ron Borges. Yeah, but he like, could still be an asshole. Though. He could have been an right. asshole, but he wasn't. So but Don't you yeah. find that the guys who everyone think, like, I've had problems with Shaughnessy, but like, he's not an asshole. No. No, like, he, Shaughnessy's he can, good he, people. Like nobody wants to hear this. Borges and Shaughnessy are good people. Are good. Like they treat you that same. I had the same experience. You know, yeah. when I first started doing this. They didn't treat me. They could have been fucking assholes. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, you know, I mean, some guys are, but they weren't like that. When I was in college, my roommate and I made this like fantasy baseball publication that we sold in the classified ads in baseball weekly yeah this is in like 1992 (laughs) right and we sent it off to everyone under the sun like trying to get feedback or whatever and bob costas wrote us like a little postcard and i don't know who else responded but shaughnessy called us in our dorm room and like took the time to call as a nobody you know and like gave us some thoughtful like criticism or whatever and, you know, oh, maybe you should try advertising here or there. But he actually, like, gave it – he didn't have to do that. Do you feel you know? like you're old enough now and you've been around now that you can talk to younger guys about shit like that or not? Yeah, definitely. And do you? Oh, yeah, all the time. I had uh, – you know, there was a uh, – there have been incidences in the past where a younger writer will call and say, hey, you know – manager gm somebody's pissed at what i wrote how should i handle this and i'm like god i remember having this conversation with right. shaughnessy and now like i'm the one giving out advice you do a lot i hate stuff. getting old yeah um yeah, right. here and there here and there it doesn't happen a lot yeah but it should i think the younger guys should be more yeah. inquisitive they should ask more questions yeah they suck Fucking these young guys suck. They're yeah. total assholes. Yeah, we but weren't. You're, you're we weren't. We weren't assholes. But you know, I've, I've never been an asshole. But yeah. you're one of these guys, like within the writers, like you're in the you're in the accepted circle. Like you're in that Twitter circle. Like everybody likes you among the writers. Yeah, you're like recognized nice as a nice guy. I know you recognize yeah. as a nice guy. Yeah, but you're actually a nice guy. Like there are nice guys who are assholes. But I actually think you're. We don't know each other that well. But I think yeah. you're a nice guy. I, I try. I mean. Or I don't try. I just am who I am. Sometimes when I read all like the Twitter hatred, it's like people don't actually know me at all. But well, that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. I know. All right, I'll let you go. Get out of here. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks as always for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. If you want more podcasts like this with guests like Artie Lang, where, who else is going to have Artie Lang and fucking Bob Ryan on the same podcast or David Portnoy and uh, John Tomasi? If you want to listen to podcasts like this, you go to iTunes, Stitcher, you can go to WI.com, you can go to the mobile app. When you go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe. That's going to help us out a lot. If you want more of these, leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe. Make sure you do that for me. That is a command. Now do it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 